Hello, friends. What a week it's been. It is great to be back here hosting Wasn't That Special 50 Years of Saturday Night Live as we tackle season number 17, 1991-1992 here on the program. I'm Scott Bertram, host of Wasn't That Special 50 Years of SNL. Find me on X, formerly Twitter, at Scott Bertram. My co-host on the program, as he is every week, week in, week out. You can count on Christian Schneider being right beside. Christian, how are you? Hey, I'm good. And welcome, everybody, to the ninth greatest uh, SNL podcast in America, I I hear, according to some guy on the internet who keeps <laughs> messaging us. Uh, so thanks for that, I guess. Hey, top 10. Speak- top 10. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, speaking of internet, we have gotten some attention on the internet recently from Cracked. Is it Cracked Magazine? It is Cracked.com. Uh, I'm not sure Cracked actually publishes a magazine anymore, uh, but yeah. Cracked.com is the website. Yeah, but uh, you did some SNL spelunking and found an interesting fact that uh, you can go ahead and talk about right now. Yeah, so this is, you know, sometimes we put our corrections up front. This is not really a correction, so to speak, but you can, if you follow me on X or have seen the story on Cracked, and we talked about it on the last episode for season number 16, I have been waiting and looking for this weekend update joke because... Dennis Miller, Kevin Nealon, Norm MacDonald were on David Spade's Comedy Central show a couple of years ago, six, seven years ago. And one of the questions was, do you have a special or do you have a favorite weekend update joke? And immediately Norm says, yes, I've got one. Dennis said, uh, and I don't have the exact language in front of me, but something along the lines of, they're, you know, they're making a movie out of Hemingway's novel, The Sun Also Rises. But I don't think Hemingway would like it because... It's called Ernest Goes to Spain. Great joke, great setup, wonderful, <laughs> like great, just great. And a very Miller-type joke. It's just perfect. And I told you last episode that I was deeply disappointed because I could not find the joke. Norm said it was part of Weekend Update with Dennis Miller. Last season, season 16, was the final Dennis Miller Weekend Update season. And it was never on the show. And I said, well, I could have been on Dennis Miller Live. It could have been on the Dennis Miller Show. It could have been elsewhere. And Norm thought it was a Weekend Update joke. Norm being Norm, he could have made it up himself and just credited it to Dennis Miller because it does sound like a Miller joke. And there was lots of uh, Ernest P. Worrell uh, anti-humor happening at that time or anti-Ernest P. Worrell humor happening on Weekend Update. But it was not a Dennis Miller joke on Weekend Update. And I was just... I mean, I wasn't sad, I guess, but I was really looking forward to finding this joke and where it was, and it didn't exist. Well, let's start season 17 by telling you a bit of news. I have found the joke. This is where, you know, insert the uh, the audience applause. I have found the joke. So that joke... I'm not or not. <laughs> <laughs> that joke is actually, it is actually a Kevin Nealon joke. From season 17, episode 15, it is a weekend update joke. However, because Norm's involved, there has to be a twist. And that is that Norm vastly improved the joke that he told while on David Spade's show. The original joke is kind of okay. It actually gets a key fact wrong, key detail wrong, which makes it not as good as it could have been. Norm's version is so much 
better. I, I want to think all of that is intentional. We'll never know, of course, but I want to think if you were still around, I would love to have asked Norm if the, it were all a setup and he knew it wasn't actually Dennis's joke. I, how did that come to happen? But here it is. Here's the joke. The literary world was abuzz recently with the discovery of 15 early magazine articles written by Ernest Hemingway. Some of Hemingway's earlier manuscripts were also found with their original titles. A first draft of A Farewell to Arms was called Ernest Goes to Spain. That's the joke. Yep. Now, I am not a Hemingway expert, but I have consulted with Hemingway experts, and they have confirmed to me that A Farewell to Arms is set in Italy. Which doesn't really help the punchline. But the way Norm told it is perfect because it is a novel set in Spain. So anyway. Right. It's the bullfighting one. Yeah. So that's the joke. It has to be the joke. It's from season, this season, season 17, episode 15. It's a Kevin Nealon joke. But the joke that Norm tells really is a Norm joke, apparently, because he's not quoting Neil and verbatim, he's sort of taking the seed of his idea and improving on it and then crediting it to Dennis Miller. It's all fascinating to me, but we finally have gotten to the bottom of that joke. Well, that's what's interesting about the the clip that we watched, which is all these guys are sitting there. There's Miller, there's Norm, and then there's Neilan. And on the show, we kind of think Neilan is 50-50, but everybody seems to love him. They think he's a great guy. So Neilan is sitting there on the on the set while they're doing this and he sees Norm credit Miller with his joke. And yet he doesn't say anything about it. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm just going to let this go. Who knows? Maybe he forgot that it was his own joke. He's probably written so many uh, on his own, but uh, yeah, Neilan just kind of lets it go and credits, credits Dennis Miller with it. So he's, he seems like a pretty solid guy. No, maybe he, as you said, did not remember written so many jokes. Maybe he said, hey, I remember writing a joke about that, but I, I wrote mine about a farewell to arms. I guess that's not my, <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Would love to ask someone about that. But that, I guess, is how we start this season 17 episode of Wasn't That Special. By the way, plug time. Please join us over at wasn'tthatspecial.com, won't you? Join us, get access to all of our stuff through the past, in addition to the free episodes, which are there if you're just looking around and trying to find out a little bit more, you can find that at wasn'tthatspecial.com. With your subscription, you can do it monthly. You can save some money, do an annual subscription with us, or become our best friend, Executive Producer. Executive producers get a whole lot of neat stuff from us, including two additional emails after each show is released. One with all of our notes that we've been taking as we watch every single episode and every single sketch from the season. And the second email is a compilation of the sketches that we reference. You can watch them right there. And also some contemporaneous writings about the program as the season was happening. Plus, at the end of all of this, at the end of our analysis of 50 seasons of SNL, we'll give away some awards, not just for season by season, but overall awards, best cast, best season, maybe worst season. I don't know. We'll see when we get there. But who votes on that? Well, it's Christian, and it's me, and it's all of our executive producers. So voting privileges are handed to you if you are an executive producer. And you would pay what you pay to be an executive producer just to get just to get this very special gift from Christian Schneider. Christian, tell him about it. 
Yeah, I wrote a book. Uh, it's pretty funny, despite what you hear from me on this this very podcast. <laughs> no, I was just flipping through some of it last night. It still kind of made me chuckle. But uh, yeah, it's a book. It's called 1916, The Blog. It's basically about what things would be like if the internet existed 100 years ago. So uh, it's out there and uh, it's all yours for free if you sign up in any paid capacity. I didn't blurb the book, but I, I can say now, after having read it, it's good. You can get it at wasn'tthatspecial.com. And we ask you to follow us on X at 50 Years of SNL, where we post interesting and fun stuff. 50 Years of SNL. Five zero years of SNL. But we have a bunch of fun stuff coming up. I'm just, I'm not going to give anything away, but I'm just telling you, we yes. got fun stuff coming up. So you're going you're gonna to want to be on that ride. Watch that space and subscribe <laughs> at wasn'tthatspecial.com. All right, season 17, 1991-1992. We'll talk in a moment about who's in and who's out among the cast and the writers and then run down the season before we get to our awards. But we start each year by giving you a word or phrase that we would use to describe this season as we take the 20,000-foot view of what happened during season 17. I don't recall who went first last time, Christian, nor does it matter all that much, I suppose. I'll go first because mine's mine's interesting. It's uh, my word for the season is representative or maybe I would even go like typical because as we go through these seasons and especially as we go through the remnants of this cast, which is is kind of been cut in half um, from the original post season 11 people, um, I'm starting to notice a, a trend, which is the show runs out, comes out on fire has a few awesome episodes and then really kind of starts to sag in the middle and then they get a big pop at the end. That wasn't the case in some of the older seasons where you'd see by the end of the season, they're all just <laughs> exhausted yeah. and putting out some really some really lesser than material. So, But kind of with this cast, with the Carvey, Hartman, um, Victoria cast, I'm starting to see a trend where, you know, they rush out, in the middle, they start to sag a little bit. And then at the end, uh, they, they really bring it. So uh, that is exactly what happens this season. And so I figured uh, it's pretty pretty typical. All right. My word for this season is political. And certainly there are a number of, I mean, I try to, how, how am I going to remember this season? This season, I'm going to remember a lot of the politics involved on the show. It's an election season. It's 1992. There are a number of really outstanding political sketches throughout the season. I don't know how many we'll get to talk about through uh, both the first half of the show and into the awards. But there's, of course, the introduction of Ross Perot as a character slash candidate. Uh, there are the Bush and Clinton and Perot debate, that, that big sketch. There are a number of sketches leading up to November in which the Democratic nominees are involved in some way, shape or form. You have the fall of communism that is referenced in a number of places, politics and, and and that story are heavily influenced on Weekend Update. And when I think about 91, 92, I'm probably going to think about the, you know, the political sketches, Dana Carvey playing Jerry Brown, Phil Hartman beginning to play 
Bill Clinton, of course, Ross Perot and George H.W. Bush, Dana Carvey characters. But there is a lot of really good, really sharp political humor throughout the season. In a way, it's a continuation of last year, right? Because we had Desert Storm and there were, what, three or four weeks in a row where the cold open was Desert, Desert Storm related. This year, that's that sort of outward looking, you know, you've said, Christian, you like when the show is very reflective of what's happening in uh, in society. Uh, in some way, it feels present. Uh, and this is a, 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 a season in which the show feels very present as it reflects and tries to skewer things that are happening in the world, especially in the political world. So my word for the season is political. Yeah, one of the things we love about the show and why we wanted to do this podcast in the first place was because the show is essentially an almanac where you can go back and you, see, you can see what was happening in America, what was happening among the chattering classes, the conventional wisdom, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think you're going to talk about this in a little bit, but you can see the conventional wisdom in America shifting like right under your feet within the span of a few weeks in, uh, in what happens on the show. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Who's in, who's out as we look at the cast this season? Uh, can you run us down, please, Christian? I'd be happy to. Uh, in our best friend, Siobhan Fallon, who we've had on the podcast. Uh, she's our best friend Ellen, right now because she's the only cast member to interview with us for Wasn't That Special 50 Years of SNL. If you are a cast member and would like to be known as our favorite cast member, then do an <laughs> interview and we'll change our tune. I just want to put that out there. Right. You will supplant Siobhan. Ellen Cleghorn is is on the show now, as well as Beth Cahill, who, side note, has the best Chicago accent, the thickest Chicago accent since anybody on the show since Bill Murray. Because she's from uh, Chicago. That helps. Yes. <laughs> and Melanie Hutzel joins the cast as well. They are replacing, of course, uh, some big names from the past, like Dennis Miller and Jan Hooks, who are now gone. And... Uh, so the cast that is still there, we still have Dana Carvey. We still have Phil Hartman, Victoria Jackson, Mike Myers. Chris Farley comes back from his rookie season last season. Uh, Chris Rock. Tim Meadows came in late last season. Uh, Julia Sweeney was there most of the season last year. David Spade, Adam Sandler, uh, Rob Schneider, and of course the aforementioned Kevin Nealon. And among the writing staff, there are a couple of new writers this season. Uh, Warren Hutcherson joins the cast. He also is often on the show as an extra in some of the sketches throughout the season. He is, uh, he's, he's, he's a, I don't, I'm going to say this so bluntly, but he's a black writer. And so with Tim Meadows and Chris Rock and Ellen Cleghorn joining the staff, they also have a black writer in Warren Hutcherson. And Warren Hutcherson also is an extra in many of the scenes throughout the season. So he has a, a small on-air presence. Daniel McGrath is also added as a writer. Later in the season, Stephen Corrin joins. It's around episode 14 or so. He begins showing up in the credits. Stephen Corrin would stay for quite a long time, seven, eight years. And he'd work a lot with Adam Sandler on some of the stuff he did on the show. So look for that team in the future. And then randomly in a few places, you see Fred Wolf's name pop up, including in one of the better sketches of the season, Fred Wolf would play a much uh, bigger role in SNL in the near future. 
That's the writing crew for this season uh, 17. And just about everybody else is back. The core we've been talking about for a couple of years now in Smigel and Downey and Handy and Franken and, of course, Sandler and Spade and Meadows and Places credited as writers, Bonnie and Terry Turner, um, Tom Davis is still around. So essentially the writing staff with a couple additions is now has been set in stone for a few years. Season 17, 1991-1992. Christian, as we begin to look at the year, we could start with episode one, but I think we want to start perhaps with the way every show starts, and that's with the cold open. We don't have a cold open on this whole show. It's not something we, we, uh, we, we built into the process. But SNL's cold opens, that sketch that happens before the opening montage. Some years have been weak. Some years have had a couple of good pops. Last year, again, with Desert Storm stuff, the Iraq War, uh, there were a couple of really high-quality ones. This year, I, I, I wonder if they figured something out or took some cues from the success of some of that Desert Storm stuff because the cold open sketches across the season are of a higher quality than in past years. Some of them are quite excellent. And I don't, I can't think off the top of my head of a truly like subpar cold open. And you'd get them just about every year, at least one or two cold opens this year, almost across the board are high quality. So you start the show on the right foot. Yeah, but it's also a, both a blessing and a curse because a lot of the cold opens that we love so much from this season are all politically related. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the show starts to get the idea, huh, maybe we need to lead off every show with a political sketch, uh, regardless of whether it's actually funny or not. So that's kind of been the curse of the last few years where they feel like they have to come out with, you know, something that just happened this week. They need to do a Trump sketch. They need to do, uh, you know, entering in, Congress people that nobody even knows and all that kind of stuff. Um, so the the pressure to do politics every every week now I think really hurts the show. But uh, back in 1991-92, there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of funny stuff. And they had incredible political writers with with uh, Downing and Franken. So you're right. A lot of them work and work really well. There are uh, campaign-related stuff. There's Olympic-related stuff. So again, not always political, but certainly newsy ends up being uh, the top of the show. Uh, There's creative things like the Macaulay Culkin episode in which uh, there's a backstage pizza party, just like in Home Alone, and Macaulay Culkin wishes that no one else was around, and then they all disappear on a flight to to France. You can watch to find out how they explain that away. Uh, And then Macaulay (laughs) Culkin does, you know, his monologue in front of no one. There's no one there. And so there's creative moves like that. And do we want to talk here about the cold open of the season, which is one of the greatest cold opens in the history of the show? Yeah, this is not a political one, but uh, yeah, go ahead. So this is episode nine. Steve Martin is host. James Taylor is the musical guest. And this is a Robert Smigel idea. He gets a little bit of help, he says, from a few of the writers, but the the concept and the 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 lyrics themselves they are Robert Smigel's 
This is the legendary, not gonna phone it in tonight, cold open of Saturday Night Live, in which it's a huge production, a huge song, in which every cast member gets involved, the union hands get involved, Joe Dixo gets involved, who's the stage manager. Everyone's talking about how tonight, for one night, they're going to care. They're not going to sleepwalk through. Steve Martin's not going to read his scripts in the middle of other people's sketches. They're going to care tonight. And we do not phone it in on this podcast. So if you'd like to listen to the remainder of what we have to say, there's a lot of good stuff about season 17. Uh, then you'll want to subscribe to Wasn't That Special. Become a paid subscriber. Uh, you can do it on a monthly basis. You can save a little cash. Uh, do it on an annual basis, or you can become an executive producer, uh, which gives you more benefits than uh, than we can possibly uh, explain to you. But Scott is going to do his best to try right now. Very quickly, you get access to all sorts of the innermost thoughts of your co-host as we make notes and grade each and every sketch. Christian compiles and sends them out to you. So you can see what we think about that thing that didn't quite make it to the show. You get that email. Also, Christian compiles a whole lot of sketches that we discuss, links right to them in the email, and some contemporaneous writings. It's very neat. You, at the end of all 50 years that we cover, will be able to vote in our awards that cover the entirety of the SNL run. Christian and I vote. And our executive producers vote if you are an executive producer level person. Plus, you can tell us what to talk about. Newly requested from one of our executive producers is uh, telling you a couple of episodes you might want to watch before you listen to the episode, like reading the book before you discuss it in class. So we send that along to you as well. And, uh, you know, if you drop us a note, we'll respond. That's how important executive producers are. Plus that copy of Christian's book, it's yours too, the EPUB edition of uh, the best-selling, New York Times best-selling, uh, it, was, it was number three with a, no, I, I, I can't lie to our listeners like this, but it's a great book. Christian, tell them about it quickly. Uh, it's called 1916 The Blog. It is a uh, comic, uh, historically, uh, his, historic novel, um, and it's good. I asked uh, Google Gemini which is their new AI tool, whether it's better than uh, Ernest Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises. And it said, uh, you know, it's really up to your personal taste. So thanks, Google Gemini. <laughs> uh, yeah, net blurb on the next book, As Good as Hemingway, Christian Schneider. That's what it's going to be. So please do check us out. Join us. We are just getting started. I mean, really, we are just getting started as we're on season 17. And we've got to go all the way up to 50. So lots of stuff still to talk about. Your favorite sketches could be on the way. Wasn'tthatspecial.com. Wasn'tthatspecial.com. Join us. Wasn't that special.